Audible Originals presents DJ Drama's Gangsta Grills Podcast. The following contains language and content some may find offensive. I've always been tapped in, you know, not just with music, but just with what's really going on in real life. And the things that I provide for myself, the luxuries and stuff, like that's just my lifestyle. That's what I like and that's what I see myself as. I'm gonna be doing this regardless, whether the camera's on or not. Mr. Thanksgiving, y'all ready? This what y'all was waiting for? We here. Wiz Khalifa DJ Drama. That's how I was starting mixtape off. Yo, legendary, bro. <laughs> Fuck yes. It's kind of, you know, I could just turn it on and wow. they get back to normal. And That's then, awesome. You know what I mean? You know? That's good for you, bro. <laughs> good for the streets. Something I've mastered. Good for, good for the internet, bro. Yeah, it's something I've I've gotten quite good at through these years. Uh, it's really good. Welcome, man. Thanks thanks for coming through. Thank you for having me in your your place, your house. Absolutely. Your home. Happy to be here. Um, I, I feel like I couldn't have uh done a gangster grill podcast uh without you. There's there's been many Many mixtapes, many artists in the series, uh, a lot of legendary ones. What's very special about our project for me, outside of it being one of the ones that people always come to me and and tell me it's one of their favorites, is uh, beyond the music, you know, you're somebody that I, I have a very... Uh, personal relationship with somebody that within the business through the years, I've always considered a friend, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people I work with. There's a lot of people I have great relationships with. And, you know, when I call on them, I need them. You've been that, but plus more. And, you know, I really consider you my guy. So, you know what same I'm saying? Same goes, same goes. Where can we start at? Um, there's so many points when it comes to DJ Drama and Wiz Khalifa, mm. I'm going to tell you the first time your name ever came on my radar. Mm. Uh, because I remember I was in my old studio, the one that had gotten raided. In January 2007, my Atlanta studio got raided and the authorities seized thousands of mixtapes. The alleged crime, bootlegging and racketeering under the RICO Act. Just a few months before that, a young Wiz Khalifa dropped his first album, Show and Prove, which was the follow-up to his 2005 mixtape, Prince of the City. These two projects would give Khalifa some buzz in his hometown and beyond. I think it was about 2006. Okay. And I got a call from a gentleman by the name of Tick. Yeah, that was my old A&R back in the day. Tick called me. Yeah. And this was when Gangsta Girls was literally on fire. Uh-huh. And he was like, yo, you know, I think he was working at Warner Brothers at the time. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know, I want to link you uh, with this kid, Wiz Khalifa. He's from PA, mm -hmm. you know, and I know you're from Philly and, you know, he's from Pittsburgh. So I wanted you guys to like link up or get a vibe and everything. And I remember I, I was like, no, that I'll check him out. Like, you know. Right. But at the time, I still like, I, I don't think I was I honed in all the way yet. Yeah, I wasn't ready either. I was still getting there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because for, for somebody like you to be on my radar, me to be on your radar, 
I had to like have some heat at that point for and, sure, and it didn't it didn't happen for me yet. Like I, I was, the talent was there. Like you could see the potential. Like oh, dude is you know tight, but I didn't have it yet. You know what I mean? I didn't have that song. I didn't have my look was always there, and just being a cool dude definitely always had the look. I remember that. From yeah, the for sure. But it was like you could hear that I could rap, but you you couldn't hear it coming together at that point. You're from a generation for me where there's like, there's a generation of artists that I, I kind of came up with, like the Tips, mm-hmm. the Jeezys, the Waynes. And then you're from like a, a generation um, that somewhat is after that, where yeah. like before we knew each other, you were listening to Gangsta Grills. Like, where, yeah. what were your, yeah, hell early, yeah. your memories of Gangsta Grills? Man, my early memories of Gangsta Grills is definitely the tags, like all of the tags that you use, like having all the different artists saying like, you know what I mean? Gangsta Grills, you bastards. Yeah, yeah, all that shit. I'm like, that shit is hard as fuck. Um, You and Wheezy and Trapper Die is like- Classic. One of my favorite, I think, probably other than Cushion Orange Juice is my favorite mixtape, yo. Like, because I had to make Cushion Orange Juice because I had to make my own personal good mixtape, but- Trapper Die is like probably the best mixtape in the fucking world, wow. dog. Like the way that y'all set up the album and you broke Young Jeezy, you had the uh, the mixtape before, uh-huh. but when y'all dropped that shit, dog, I was like, wow. So th- those are like my memories, just hearing your voice, just knowing, uh, knowing about the raid, knowing how like really big you were taking the mixtape game, like switching that shit up people uh-huh. weren't doing it that way then you started branching out you did pharrell i did the pharrell tape yeah yeah, yeah. so that, i was like was this big. nigga is like this nigga's ill and like you were saying the the eras started changing and we're the blog era so yep. you know what i mean when that's when we were able to tap in so after the raid happened i put my album out i started coming to pittsburgh a lot because <laughs> i was spending a lot of time there you know, I started to get familiar with like your campaign and what was going on. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, PA, a blue collar city where everyone seems to know your business. <laughs> its two biggest stars, Wiz and Mac Miller, came out of the same high school, Taylor Alderdice. Mac, aka Malcolm McCormick, felt like he was hitting a stride when he passed in 2018, and Pittsburgh's hip hop momentum has never been the same since gone far too young rest in peace mac miller a lot of times when i was coming to pittsburgh you know when i would ask certain people mm-hmm. i would hear a lot of gucci 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 yep. i wouldn't necessarily hear your name as much mm-hmm. you clearly obviously had a buzz in pittsburgh mm-hmm. but you were also because of the internet like gaining traction all over. Yeah. When I think about yourself, when I think about Cole, when I think about Drake, Kendrick, it's almost like in some ways you guys all double back. Yeah. At that time, music was totally different. And we were caught in a weird place of, you know, being called hipsters mm-hmm. and hanging out with all these hood ass niggas. Like, just to be real, like all of, the, all of the homies are like really the homies. And I think me, Cole, Kendrick, all of us, we're all cut from that same cloth, whereas we're different from our surroundings, mm-hmm. but we still come from that. Right. You know what I mean? That side of the music wasn't really being popular. And then we came in and y'all started showing us love. And that's what really made it cross over and be acceptable to be like a hipster and, you know, around hood niggas as well. The door had to be open. It had to be kicked down. It had to be let known that we are cool. We're straight. We're with everybody. We're with the right. homies. We're 
we're on the same level, but we just think differently. We talk a little bit differently. We're a little bit more artsy. Right. We care a little bit more about our clothes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we just brought a different vibe. I've sat there and mm -hmm. played you songs that I believed in. I remember. That nobody believed in. I knew they was going to be crazy, and mm -hmm. they ended up being crazy as fuck. I remember. And he was like, yo, you fucking play me that song. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's just that relationship and that realness. And, um, you know, being from Pittsburgh and being able to, like, kind of define the sound. We never really had our own sound or our own identity. And I was just able to carve out like one of those little, you know, those pieces of of the DNA of what it is to be from Pittsburgh. We talk in movements, the largest of mine being Gangsta Grills, the largest of yours being Taylor Gang. Created in 2008, Taylor Gang is a record label, music management, production, and film company, and has even ventured into college sports. Named after Wiz's obsession with Chuck Taylors and his high school, Taylor Alderdice, Taylor Gang's headquarters are at the very studio Wiz got his start, ID Labs. First, break down the name for those who aren't familiar with okay. Taylor Gang. It started when we was going to the club. Like, I'm from a neighborhood <laughs> that's pretty well known for... They have a reputation. Mm -hmm. And when we go out, we party. They they know us for what they know us mm -hmm. for. Shout out to the homies. Yeah, shout out to the homies. <laughs> but being the young homie, I wanted to, you know, bring a different light to that situation. <laughs> and, um, you know, it became more about music. It became more about having fun. It mm -hmm. became more about dressing a certain way. And uh, we were, like, really identifiable in the club. It was like, oh, that's them niggas. Like, you know what I'm saying? So me being the youngest, like, kind of most flashy, like, out there one. So they started calling us the Khalifa Boys. Okay. <laughs> They're like, they go to Khalifa Boys. Or that's the Khalifa gang. Eventually, it moved on to all of us wearing chucks. Like, that just became my shit. Where it's like, every outfit I wore, I wore chucks. And I wore, you know, a certain hat. Mm -hmm. And, um... And Sledron did the same thing, and then everybody else in the gang started doing the same thing, where it was like Chucks with this, Chucks with that, Black Chucks, whatever color Chucks. And I think I was just in the studio one day, and instead of saying Khalifa Gang, I said Taylor Gang, mm. like, just because of Chuck Taylors. Gotcha. And that shit just stuck, like, instantly. I was like, it's Taylor Gang, and I was like, and it's Taylor Gang or die. And that's literally how I came up with that shit. And um, ever since then, we just been rapping Taylor Gang. And I've just been saying it, and I've been adding, you know, my fans to it as a lifestyle, a way of living, a way of thinking, a way of believing in yourself, a way of standing out, a way of being original. All of these things that, you know, we were doing at that time that made us who we are, that's what being Taylor Gang and being tailored is. Um, just, just recently, too, you know, I saw you make a comment about um, wearing less jewelry. Yeah. And it made me just... Kind of, you know, knowing you and... and yeah, it and, made you wear less jewelry? <laughs> <laughs> My bad, go ahead. <laughs> I, I didn't know how you was coming today. So I, I felt like one of us had to, you know... <laughs> yeah, hold it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you've lived quite the rock star lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What's it like at this age, you know, having every car, you yeah. know, seeing every woman across the planet and, mm -hmm. you know, living this life and also maturing through the years. Yeah, yeah. I think just like being older, I've always been tapped in. 
you know, not just with music, but just with what's really going on in real life. Mm -hmm. And the things that I provide for myself, the luxuries and stuff, like that's just my lifestyle. That's what I like and that's what I see myself as. I'm going to be doing this regardless, whether the camera's on or not. Got you. My purpose for documenting things is to show people what it really takes to do this. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of the things that come with it, but you don't see what goes into it, what's real and how to really, really achieve this and for it to be yours forever. Being a, a rock star, rap star do you envision yourself like the Mick Jaggers and the, <laughs> the groups that go on till they're 60 and 70 performing yeah. out every summer definitely I always grew up like idolizing everybody and looking at everybody else's legacy like Jimmy and Rick James and they're not here but you know what I mean like even like Elton John, like uh -huh. somebody like that. Right. And then I just realized like, damn, I'm blessed, bro. I'm I'm Wiz Khalifa. Uh -huh. Like I have my own, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be one of them. I'm going to be me. And that's, that's a pretty cool feeling. It's good to know. I'll always be able to influence and touch, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? People in a, in a certain type of way. And that's the beautiful part about it. Up to this point already in your career, you have an extensive and illustrious catalog. Mm -hmm. You also have a record. There are people that aren't born today mm. that in 15 and 20 years will know and come watch you perform, see mm. you again. Recorded with Charlie Puth for the Furious 7 soundtrack as a tribute to the late Paul Walker. The 2015 single, See You Again, was at number one for 12 non-consecutive weeks, tying a record set by Eminem's Lose Yourself. At one point, the See You Again music video was the most viewed video on YouTube. The video is currently at, get this, 5.9 billion views and counting. That shit is crazy, bro. It's awesome. It's amazing. I always say it's a blessing. And it's one of those things that as an artist you think about, but you don't know how necessarily you're going to get there. Uh -huh. And at 35, I've reached that. And I don't even need another one. Like, I'm good. <laughs> like, I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? Everything else can be like, oh, he was fucking tripping. <laughs> but like, that's the one right there. So I'm good. And like I said, there's a lot of artists that I look up to who have those moments as well. Like Eminem, you know what I mean? Facts. But me watching 8 Mile, I never thought I would have a song that tied Eminem for the record for number one. Before I get to your what I would consider your magnum opus, do you know how many mixtapes you did leading up to Cushion OJ? I like to say 10. You did 10 tapes before Cushion OJ. 10 tapes and like albums. It was like 10 projects. 10 projects. Yeah, yep. What made you do Cushion OJ like an album, no DJ, but it was still a mixtape? Yeah. For me, I just seen the format of mixtapes and music changing. And I seen DJs more dictating what that is. So where the mixtapes were before, it was like a you know, this artist, that artist, this beat, that beat. And then you would figure out whoever that you like the most off of, you know, that mixtape. And then it started being like, all right, I heard this song from this artist. Now he has a whole mixtape. Mm -hmm. And now he's rocking with his own producers. And he's not doing instrumentals and doing any of that. Like, he's got 15 songs of his own. Maybe the DJ put it together, like, let him know that, these, that this was the heat. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like one can consistent vibe and to me that's more what i was gravitating towards i was listening to a lot of max b um we've got yeah for sure movie. just a lot of things that were consistent you know what i mean and um 
Yeah, I mean, I came up off of the Dipset mixtapes. Got you. Uh, Cam always had his own joint. Juel's always had his own joint. So I just had in my mind where it's like when I do my standout, you know, blog era Wiz Khalifa mixtape, uh, you know, no DJ, no nothing. It's got to sound like this. I'm a host it myself. I'm a, you know, create characters inside of it and gotcha. make it a whole world. Like that was my opportunity to just get all of my thoughts out. And that's what I, you know, thought was cool at the time. And that's what I went for. So I don't know if you remember this, but I guess it was, it was 2010. It was when Cushion OJ came out and MTV had this like, this year and wrap up show on and it was myself it was fat joe it was a couple other talking heads on there mm -hmm. and one of the things about the year in review or you know it was like rookie of the year yeah and i chose you mm -hmm. and i remembered I, I don't even think we had met yet yep and i and i remember because i that's all i was listening to was cushion oj i was like I was cushioning OJ out. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember I went on there and I chose you. And then I think you like tweeted me back. Like, sure did. Salute, like, something like hard. this. And then th it was still around these these years when I was coming to Pittsburgh. And then we finally like linked up. And it was like, you know, the the vibe, the chemistry was there from from then on. Definitely. That was a crazy ass time because like you, you know, I wasn't getting like too much recognition mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh or like outside of Pittsburgh. So it was like, that was cool because it was like you're coming into town and I'm getting my name now so I'm like all right I gotta hang out with this nigga like <laughs> now I have something to kind of bring to the table facts like I'm building this buzz and you know we're gonna meet this is this is gonna be our relationship from here on out mm -hmm. and I feel like it's pretty much been exactly the same it has since the day we like shook hands and just chopped it up mm -hmm. and you know so that was in my in you know, in my mind frame, when I was meeting you, it was like, this is going to be a relationship that is going to be forever. Like, I'm going to go down there, I'm going to offer this nigga some weed, I remember. and I'm going to see where it goes. I think, <laughs> I think you had the Camaro. Yeah, the, yeah, yep. well, it was the, it's the Challenger. But it was yeah, the Challenger, Yeah, yep. yeah, mm -hmm. hell yeah. I just got the yellow joint. Yeah, just got that. I was like, man, I'm going to show him I'm that young nigga <laughs> yeah. out here. Interestingly enough, I was two albums in. I did my first Gangsta Girls album, then I did the second Gangsta Girls album. You came to Atlanta, I guess, during the time when you were promoting Black and Black Yellow. Yellow. Released in 2010, Black and Yellow was Wiz Khalifa's first number one single, topping the Billboard Hot 100 in 2011. The song was an homage to two things close to Wiz's heart, his hometown, Pittsburgh, and his Dodge Challenger. Now, six times platinum, Black and Yellow helped launch Wiz Khalifa's first major label album, Rolling Papers. I was in a mood at the time where I wasn't even really trying to do albums. And I remember you asking me if I had a record or you were like, yo, let's do something. Mm -hmm. And I had just went to the studio with Drummer Boy and oh, Roscoe so Dash. And <laughs> that was literally the only record I had had at the time because mm -hmm. I, I hadn't been working on music like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I gave it to you. Yeah. And, you know, you went in, you did Oh My. Girl, your ass is super thick. A lot of chicks off in this club and you the baddest in this bitch. Ooh. Look at what you're wearing, girl. The club owner should pay you never. You make an appearance and you Which, got me hooked. I might try not to look. Looking back, and now was my first hit record. You know, I had did, I had did two albums. I had made some good music, but that was like the first record I had that like got club play. Like was like 
top 20 mm-hmm. like you know that was that was it for me i you know that was a that was a first uh, another first for me and you know you was a part of that mm-hmm. which was dope you know Hell um, yeah looking back on it like i said i just lost awesome. I, I lucked up you That's know what i mean yeah. and it put it propelled me to want to go back in and, and continue to do music yeah shows touring mm-hmm. have always been a very big and influential part of your career did you know when you started that you were creating that or was that <laughs> something, something that happened organically like that's a good question hell no i didn't know what i was creating because i had never seen it done before right like you're literally the blueprint when it comes to that man thank you yeah thank you i really appreciate that it's like the biggest gamble I ever took in my life, mm-hmm. but I did it without thinking, like, you know, what could happen if I didn't win. I, I, I wasn't thinking that. I was just like, let's go. Let's get it. I Why was it have, a gamble? What? Why was it a gamble? Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of times where I didn't have money. Got you. Um, there's a lot of times where I didn't have somewhere to stay. There's a lot of times where we went to jail and didn't know the how the fuck we was going to get out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we was, we was risking a lot, you know what I mean? But it, it never seemed like the wrong thing to do. To touch back on what I was saying about like not having no example for for um, there's nobody from Pittsburgh who was like yo I'm gonna go on the road and blah 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 this that and the other thing there's no alternative artist or you know independent artist that I seen where it was like this is how you do it mm-hmm. you know you mm-hmm. you get out you put a project you tour these places you build your market. You sell merch. You mm-hmm. do this. There's mm-hmm. nobody who was telling us or showing us how to do that. We just kind of went with the flow of how things were were happening at that time. So the first official tour that we did was orientation tour. Okay, and, uh, we went on that tour in a fucking uh, Altima. You know what I mean? Like Crazy. We, we just rented a car and just drove around the whole country, and then um, we did another tour. That's when we got our first Sprinter van, and this was before Sprinters were even popular. That was. Very, very successful. I don't even know. What were the numbers like at this point? We were doing like 850, like to 1,000, but we were selling every venue out. What were you making? Man, I'm not even sure because everything was just going back into it. It was going back into production or or travel Uh or, you know, making clothes or buying clothes or whatever. We were bringing more people than they thought that we would. Crazy. Yeah, hell yeah. We were packing people in that bitch and doing double, sometimes three times the numbers. So we were taking home hella money, you know what I mean? We just, you know, kept going like that. And one year turned into two years, and two years turned into seven years. And, you know, fucking clubs turned into amphitheaters. And this is all happening before your first quote-unquote hit record. Yeah, before it went number one. So by the time the the hits came, y'all had pretty much already figured it out. So around this time, you had also gotten offered by Drake to go on tour with him, and you declined. Yeah. Talk about that. (laughs) That's the fucked up thing about me is because as soon as you say that, I laugh, and people think, like, I have, like, something on my mind or something like that. But it's just funny to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing there. There's no—it's just—I don't know. I'm just me, so— it weirds people out. It rubs people the wrong way sometimes. But there's nothing there. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I declined that, I was literally a young nigga just focused. You know right. what I'm saying? I was on my mission. And 
I declined other things too. Like Rick Ross tried to sign me as well. I remember that. And I was like, I nah, that. it's Taylor Gang. Like, you know that. what I mean? And it's not like you declined and sat at home and fucking played Xbox yeah, all day. You, nah, went, I mean, you were going on your I, own tour. I promoted myself. I got a number one record at the time. You know, I put huge footprints down for my legacy. Mm -hmm. You know, it still would be cool to do something like that. You know what I mean? But like just at that time, you know, I just can't really express how focused I was. Right. You know, like it was crazy. I was probably shocked to him. I don't know because I feel like we're like the same age mm -hmm. and he came out a year before I did. So it wasn't that much of a gap in between like the influence. Okay. You know what I mean? Like we're both very influential for that time. Absolutely. So like I don't feel like big dogged by anybody. You right. know what I mean? Like I, just, I feel like we on the same level and it's like, you know, he's clearly one of the, the biggest artists in the world right Absolutely. now. And, you know, I'm still very successful at what I do. So it's like, we won. I'm going to take it to 2014. 2014 was the first year that I started to tour with you. Mm. And 2014 is the year that we dropped 28 grams. Are gangster girls. Damn. Let's talk about Trap Wiz. <laughs> At that time, you came to me about doing the tape. Mm -hmm. um, was it because we were about to go on tour together? Yeah. Honestly, at that time, I was out of my fucking mind, yo. <laughs> I was like full on just getting what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I had just dyed the hair purple. Okay. Trendsetter. There was no other rapper in the game <laughs> with colored dreads at this time. I Talk was about it. I was the first one. I had lost my freaking mind. And, you know, I made some music. I had a great time. I had just made Weed and Boys. And just the energy from that song and just, like, my approach to how it was, like, being aggressive to, like, I wasn't asking any questions. I was, I was on one. It was fun. It was interesting. I'm happy that you were a part of it. I went to Absolutely. jail right before we dropped it. Yeah. I remember being in a cell and calling you and being like, yo, we're dropping it. Dog. Yep, I remember. And you were like, Wiz, no, like. Please, no, like, please. I was like, what, man? Like, who are, you, who are you talking to? How did you even have the cell phone in jail? Because I was on one. I told you I was going crazy. <laughs> and, and what was the circumstances of you even being locked up at this time? They caught me with a grinder in El Paso, which wasn't even that bad. Of all things, yeah, yeah. for Wiz Khalifa to go to jail for. But I remember uh, we had a real nigga conversation, and you was like, I don't fuck with what you're doing right now. <laughs> Don't fuck with how you're trying to rush me. This is not how I work. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Because it was too important to me. It was like, yo, this is our first tape. I'm I was like, like, that's cool. So if you don't want to drop it, I'll just drop it tomorrow. Anyway. And I was he like, was like bro, nah, I can't was, have that. Come on, man. <laughs> and you finally did it and then fucking shut the internet down. I was like, see, told you. You did. <laughs> you did. Yeah, yeah. But I was just, that was just, that was just my mentality at the time. I was like, get what you want. Go for it. Nobody can hold you back fucking whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, just do that shit. And that was the energy towards that shit. And it was fun. It worked. Your bail was like $300? I don't even think they charged me to get out, honestly. Yeah, yeah I think they just let me go. They just let you go. Yeah, yeah. You, you took a selfie and then like, <laughs> yeah, I took a, yeah. it, right? <laughs> Yeah, I did. Yeah, that was legendary. Yeah, I definitely took a selfie in jail. That was yeah. super legendary. Yeah, yep. You know we won the BT Hip Hop Award for Best Mixtape that year, too. 
We did? We did. You don't have your award? I think I do, but I don't know what it's for. You got a lot of awards. (laughs) It's probably, I haven't read it in a long, I need to read it. Yeah, we did. We won an award? We did. That's hard. We won best mixtape. That's hard. Because it was the best mixtape. It was. It it was some shit out that year too, but we beat them all. Yeah, because our shit had like a whole look that came with it. We like created a sub-genre based off of that Mm mixtape. Yeah, I mean, style-wise, you're one of the um, most trend-setting and influential in the game. When I think about hip-hop and tattoos, (laughs) there's three people. Mm -hmm. There's Pac. Okay. There's Wayne. Yep. And then there's you. Thank you, man. That's a good... Would uh, you agree? I'm love to be on that list. Thank yeah. you. I agree. Totally. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> and do you think about, like, your influence when it comes to the rap game and, you know, sons? <laughs> I think there's so many other influential people in the rap game that I don't think about, you know, exactly who I have influenced but I do know how strong the influence is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like I said, Christian OJ mm-hmm. as a project, the touring, yeah. image wise. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot of things there. Yeah, for sure. I've been able to break down a lot of barriers and like bring a lot of people together as well. I, I feel like it's a blessing to be the bridge of, you know, what's cool. So we went on tour together. I brought this kid with me. His name was Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah. Pretty much we saw this kind of going from like high school ball straight to the league. Yes. Yeah. We put him in front of 15, 20,000 every night. It's a blessing, man. It's really important to be in front of those markets because a lot of artists might come out and they'll have a song that's like big in New York. But when you go to freaking New Mexico, like it's an issue. Mm-hmm. When you're grooming these superstars, you're you're bringing them along and you're setting them up for a freaking long term, you know what I mean, situation. Right. So <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Huh? If you could rate your mixtapes, top five. Cushion Orange Juice is oh, number one. Absolutely. Cabin Fever is number two. I agree. Uh 28 Grams, number three. That's my top three. How fly, me and Spitter. Definitely. And I would throw Flight School on there. Flight School? Yeah. Before Cabin Fever 2? Cabin Fever 2 was hard, but I can't put Cabin Fever 2 on the same list with Cabin Fever. Okay. Because that's like when me and Juicy first linked up. Okay. Get up, bitch. Get up, bitch. I, but I respect nah, that, though. I'm going to say I'm gonna say Flight School because that was like my first blog album. Got you. That was the first Twitter joint that I did. Or let me take Flight School off of there. Okay. Actually, Prince of the City 2 is number five. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Prince of the City 2. That's a classic. Yeah. That's when I like Definitely found myself like as an artist. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Your top five mixtapes that aren't yours. Top five mixtapes that aren't mine. Any of Max B's Quarantines, any of the Diplomats volume, whatever. Dedication, for okay. sure. Anyone in particular? Yeah, all of them. Got you. Yeah, no, nah, these are series. Okay. <laughs> Trap or Die. Okay. But but Camp and Snowman was hard as fuck, too. Camp and Snowman was hard. Fuck. All right, so I'm going to just say Trap or Die. What's that, three? No, that's four, because we did three series, and yep. then we did Trap or Die. Mm-hmm. And the last mixtape that's not mine, So Far Gone. Mm, yeah. Good list. Yeah, that was, a, that was I, an awesome I like mixtape. that list. Yeah, yeah. Hip-hop is turning 50 this year. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to hip-hop. Happy birthday, hip-hop. Where do you rate your class when it comes to the genres and the eras of rap music. We're the 2010s, right? Yeah, I would consider that. Mm -hmm. When I think about your class, I think you, I think, rest in peace, my brother Nipsey Hussle, Mm -hmm. Cole, Kendrick, Drake, Wale, Big Sean. Yep. Would you agree that would be your class? Yeah, totally, totally. 
I feel like we changed music forever. 100%. We came in at a time where labels really didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Right. When I was signed, they didn't know how valuable we were. Uh-huh. That's a good thing. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? All of us got picked up at a time where our value now, 10 years later, is way more than it was when we signed. And we're in a good place because back in the day, if an artist was signed for 10 years and they were way more valuable 10 years later, they didn't see shit. Right. You know what I'm Definitely. saying? So I would say we we changed it in the direction for the artists. That's dope. Hell yeah. Wiz, thank you so much, man. Yo, thank you, man. This was cool as hell. I appreciate you, bro. It was a good vibe. Yeah, you're the man. I appreciate it. Right back at you. I'm looking forward to going back on tour. Yeah, we're definitely going on tour. Gangsta Grills is back popping, so... I'm gonna get on your album. You're definitely on my album. And then... I'm going to go on a run this year. I'm going to do a thousand features. I'm going to do a thousand snippets, a thousand. I'm just going to be all over the place. As you should. And then we'll do another Gangsta Grills, maybe like for Christmas or something like it's that. hard. That'll be tight. And like that, we gone. This has been an Audible Original, produced by Colabo Inc. Society, hosted by DJ Drama, featuring Wiz Khalifa, executive produced by Kenya Barris, DJ Drama, Wheezy WTF, Layton Lakeshell Marson, Audible executive producer, Joshua Poole, produced by Roy Farrell, Kristen Alcala, consulting producer, Jamie Nelson. Production was engineered by Alex Anderson and WTF Media Studios. Sound design and mixing, Michael Beliveau, edited by... Alex Anderson of WTF Media Studios. Edited by Jamie Nelson. Written by Dustin Smith, FAL Guy, and Damilare Sunoiki. Original music by Don Cannon. Researched by Dustin Smith. Talent booking by Marquetta Moore. Production lawyer, Eric Spiegelman. Production accountant, Kristen Johnson. Production assistants, Devin Kruger, Victoria Larte, Tiana Johnson. Head of Audible Studios, Zola Mashariki. Executive Vice President, Head of U.S. Content, Rachel Giazza. Copyright 2023 by Calabo Productions, Inc. Sound recording copyright 2023 by Audible Originals, LLC. 